Knoxville Tower, runway 23 left at Alpha 8, taxi via Alpha Taxiway. No delay, wind 2904, runway 23 left at Alpha 8, clear for takeoff, traffic 3 mile final. Read back correct, tower for taxi, have a good flight. Welcome to From the Runway Up. I'm Becky. And I'm Caitlin. And we work in the Public Relations Department at McGee Tyson Airport in Knoxville, Tennessee. We understand that going behind the scenes in an airport these days isn't as easy as it used to be. So that's where this podcast comes in. Each episode, we'll give you a behind-the-scenes look of current events at our airport and in the aviation industry as a whole. So fasten your safety belts and join us on this aviation adventure. Happy New Year and welcome to the first episode of 2019 of From the Runway Up. It is going to be a very exciting year here on our podcast. We have a lot planned, a lot of new content and new special guests. We're really excited about it. We have mentioned previously that we attended ACI's Marcom conference, and that is a marketing conference for airport executives, people that are in public relations and marketing. We went to that in November in Ottawa, in Canada. It was a little chilly. It was very cold. 18 inches of snow. Very fun for people who don't get to experience it as much. Mm -hmm. Maybe I've just cursed us and we'll get some (laughs) snow here this year. Yes, but I think we mentioned it previously, but that is actually where this little podcast won an International Communications Award. So we were really excited to take that home, especially in front of all of our airport peers. Yeah, and it gave us an opportunity to catch up with other airports, big and small, and learn what they do, especially for the passenger experience, how to provide information to the guests and visitors who come in and out of the facility. And what we found is it's not much different if you have... 2,000 passengers or if you have 10 million, Mm -hmm. a lot of the expectations from passengers and guests are about the same. Yeah. So like Becky said, we took advantage of that and we interviewed Christina Soule. She works for the Metropolitan Washington Airports Authority. And then we also spoke with Danny Valentine, who works at the Tampa International Airport. And so we wanted to speak to them about how they provide customer service and what their passenger experience looks like. In different forms, Mm -hmm. in technology, in signage around the airport, all the things that you might not think about when you come through an airport, but it's the things that we put in place so that you feel like the whole process runs seamlessly and that you have everything that you need when you come in the doors. Absolutely. So we hope you all enjoy this conversation that we had with other airport public relations professionals. So thank you all so much for joining us today. We're going to talk a little bit about customer experience and customer service and what our travelers are requesting. So if you all will just kind of introduce yourself for our listeners. I am Christina Sell. I'm with the Metropolitan Washington Airports Authority. We run Dulles International and Reagan National Airport in Washington, D.C. And I'm with uh, Tampa International Airport, uh, Danny Valentine, Communications Manager, and we run Tampa International Airport. And how many travelers do you all see a year, just to kind of give our listeners some context? Yeah, just over 21 million, and it's an all-time record for us. Oh, wow. And we're at about 50 million between the two airports. It'll be pretty evenly split this year. And we have two million. Yeah, we are going to break a record for us this year. So hopefully this will be great for our listeners to to see that even if you're two million or 50 million, that a lot of the things that we go through at an airport are similar. And so absolutely, we are going to talk about the passenger experience because believe it or not, we do think about how people move through our facilities and what things they need to have to make that experience a good one. And it's everything from art or things that they can do while they're there to how 
how they move through the building itself. So let's going to talk about that a little bit. And the customer experience really starts even before they're in our terminal buildings. You know, it starts with our social media accounts. It starts with our website and our mobile apps. So what are you all really focusing on at your airports to kind of touch the customers before they get into your terminal? Well, that's a good question. I mean, we are extremely active on social media. Uh, we reach approximately 130, 140,000 uh, audience of 130, 140 from our uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram accounts. And we're always promoting the airport, talking about what passengers can expect, talking about our garages, letting them know about any sort of construction changes. We're going through a billion dollar uh, expansion right now and $2 billion in the in the near future. Billion with a B? Billion with a B. So wow. we, we just finished phase one, which transformed our airport and helping us grow to 34 million annual passengers, which is a couple 10 million higher than we are now. So we're really reaching out proactively, trying to get passengers to understand what the, their experience is going to be like at the airport. We also work with a lot of our partners as well in the community to help broaden that message. Airport construction must be a theme because, uh, like Tampa, Reagan National is going through a one billion with a B dollar capital improvement program as well to build a new concourse and new security checkpoints. And one of the things that has come with this has been nightmarish traffic on our roadways, not yeah. just during the holidays, but really every day. So we're working hard through social media, through signage, but then also with our airlines to communicate to customers, hey, this is not going to be the same airport that you flew out of maybe last summer or last year. That seems to be a theme with a lot of things. If you can hear the noises part of this podcast, you'll know that we are at the ACINA Marcom Conference for Marketing Communications Professionals for Airports, and we're all here talking and sharing stories so that we can learn and grow in a lot of different ways. So that's how we were lucky enough to have our guests with us today. And, and you're right, the theme of construction has been prevalent no matter the size of your airport. And it seems that growth is, you know, we're seeing growth from all Absolutely. airports. One thing we've really seen um, success with is working closely with our airline partners. They've actually been willing to, when you book a ticket through them, when you check into your flight online, to actually send you a proactive message saying, hey, you're flying out of Reagan National. You should know they're undergoing a large capital improvement program. Leave yourself extra time. Keep an eye out for airport signage. And we've seen that really resonate with customers because it's, it's coming from their airline rather than from the airport, which sometimes... I'm sure Danny would agree doing social media for an airport sometimes feels like yelling into a vacuum and you don't know really if your message is resonating, but yeah. we know the more they can hear it from different partners, the more effective it is. Absolutely. The key is repeating your message over and over again, especially if it's tying into construction. We've also had some success uh, reaching out to our airline partners uh, in the past when we've had really significant construction, uh, really impactful construction. We've actually been able to get the uh, flight attendants on the flights to make announcements right before coming in. Um, and that comes through, you know, leveraging our partnerships with the airlines and the station managers and that kind of thing. It's so targeted. You're reaching the exact right audience at the exact right time. And that's very hard to do on, you know, with something as uh, broad as social media. Yeah. And, and people automatically go, we'll just put it on social media. It'll get out there and do that. But we have just seen that same type of example happen at McGee Tyson. We have two Allegiant flights that leave out early in the morning at the same time. And for us, those are larger aircraft. And so our checkpoint lines are a lot longer in the morning than people are used to or accustomed to. And so the airline has made announcements on board the aircraft to help with those people um, on your return in, your next flight out. So it continues the education awesome. process. That's great. We've also seen a lot of success with, we launched an airport app last year 
We really were not sure how well it would go. Would people download an airport app? I travel all the time. And the thought of having to download an app for each airport I went through seemed a little daunting. But we've seen really great customer success with it. People love it. People come to use it over using things like our mobile website, which has been really impressive. Another airport I'll give a shout out to is Miami International, who launched an app. And they actually took down all the maps in their terminal and replaced it with signs saying, download the app. The last time I flew through that airport, I thought, oh, that's kind of inconvenient. But the app was so intuitive and so user-friendly, I quickly even forgot about the maps in the terminal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And on your app, what kind of information, when you're thinking about the customer experience, how do you decide what goes into an app like that? Well, it definitely was a a cross-department, cross-team, long-time process working through that. And we really put ourselves in the shoes of the customer. You know, there's there's us on the corporate level of maybe what we want people to understand, but what do people really want to know? And we found it's things as easy as, where is my nearest cup of coffee? So there's a geolocation feature in the app where you can say, I am here, and it will tell you, where's your nearest cup of coffee around you? And it was things like, how do I find contact information for the airline because my bag is missing? Um, And really helping educate customers about who to contact when they have a problem. An airport controls so little of what they do. Yeah, totally. um, we're responsible in the eyes of our consumer exactly, for so much. Exactly. And, it, and it's helping educate the consumer. You know what? We as the airport don't handle your luggage, but your airline does. And here's the phone number to the baggage office. We can't help you, you know, with your negative TSA experience, but here's their customer line. And we mm-hmm. can, we know, we'll make sure that your message is heard by them. Yeah. The ability to answer some of those frequently asked questions can just totally improve your passenger experience, and then also reduce your workload. So if you're able to get those FAQs in front of them without having to manually do it, you save so much time. As you get any airport, I'm sure whether you're small, medium, or large, you're getting the same questions over and over again. I, you know, I lost something in the terminal. I, you know, I had an issue with TSA. I had a parking question. And oftentimes, you're just directing people to other uh, sources, other tenants. And where do you house those FAQs? On your website? Yeah, we have had them on our website. I think we're bringing them back. We house them on all of our social media management tools. So we have them at the ready and we have canned answers or scripted answers for people to use. And that's just helping us respond fast and uh, consistently across multiple departments. So we talked a little bit about social and our website and mobile apps. What all are you seeing actually in your terminals that your customers are, are requesting? Uh, We have the craziest, uniquest challenge in D.C. because we have two, actually three airports in very close geographic location to each other, two of them named Washington something airport. (laughs) Um, And we see at least on a daily basis a passenger who is at Reagan National who should be at Dulles International and vice versa. And they're about 30 miles apart. So it's not an easy trip. Oh, yeah. But it's really equipping, you know, that's my favorite crazy example, but it's really equipping our our information booths, which are run by fantastic travelers, aid volunteers, who are the most airport savvy people you'll ever meet and really have a passion for helping people. Just equipping them with information, like Danny said, making sure that our, our customer service is consistent um, across both airports. Yeah, there's some really, uh, in terms of amenities and amenities that people are asking us for in, in the airport, I manage all of our customer uh, compliments and complaints through social we get almost daily, we get requests for nursing stations, nursing pods. Uh, that's one of the top ones. Same. O- oftentimes, yeah, they, I believe they're facilitated by providers of 
nursing station. So they sort of have a form and just say, hey, you want to email the airport, fill out this form, and it goes off to the person. So we see that a lot. Water bottle filling stations, tremendous requests for those. So yeah, we're seeing lots of really interesting trends. And I think airports as a whole are providing more passenger amenities than we ever have in the past. With so many people coming through your your facilities, how do you determine, okay, we've reached a level of customer interaction to where this requires action on our part? Because you get a lot of comments and a lot of feedback on a daily basis. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I don't know that we have a magic number, but it partially depends on, you know, are we getting a lot over a short period of time? How, how long have we been getting the same comments for, you know, day after day after day for, you know, several months? So... I think it depends on the frequency. It depends on how long we've been seeing them for. We do benchmarking with other airports. ACINA has a great amenity study where they basically just say what airports have what. And so we found out that there's a couple dozen airports in North America that offer nursing stations, for example. We didn't have those. So it just gives you more data. We actually have a whole customer feedback team within our marketing department that looks at the website comments that we get, the happy or not stations, which are the stations throughout the airport that have a smiley face or a sad face on them. Um, And people actually do those and take them very seriously. And then we also do customer surveys on a regular basis where you take a short survey, you get in a drawing for a gift card or something. And that really helps us see trends in things. I would agree with Danny that There's no magic number. I know on social, if I'm getting the same question over and over again, especially about weather, that's a good kind of nudge in the side to my team and I to say, hey, you should have tweeted about this, you know, an hour ago and multiple people are asking the same question. Yeah. Well, I think it's really cool how, so we just recently added water refilling stations at Mickey Tyson and it was because people were emailing us, you know, posting pictures on Twitter and Facebook saying, you know, we need water refilling yeah. stations. And we actually had the ability to take that to our engineering department and, and get that implemented. So I think it really, you know, shows the the power of of social and and customer response and things like that. And we, we find, you know, we're kind of unique because of who our audience is, because we're both a leisure travel destination, but also a business travel destination. And then we have almost 400 500 members of Congress flying through our airport on a weekly basis. So we have a lot of road warriors. Our travelers are extremely savvy. They are not, you know, a once or twice a year flyer. They're a weekly flyer. So if they notice something is off, we will know. (laughs) They have no qualms in telling us, um, you know, the water bottle station next to gate 35 in Terminal C is broken and it has been broken for two and a half weeks because I've been here three times in two and a half weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, our customers do also provide really good feedback and things that those of us who work in an airport whom that maybe we look past because we've seen it so many times, they can really be our eyes and ears. I think some, some of the other interesting trends um, that we're at least thinking about, uh, our concessions program is going more and more local. I think that's something that we've seen at airports. That's definitely a, an amenity that I think passengers appreciate, especially if you have a lot of local travelers coming in and out. We're a 70-30 leisure business, so we're mostly a leisure market. In the parking world, it's actually a fascinating world, which I just I dabble in every, every now and again. But we're starting to look at doing like reserved parking, which is something that we haven't done in the past and offering more different types of services. For example, maybe they come and uh, wash your car at the spot, um, things like that. So that's all, 
an employee, I would totally pay for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have, we have uh, if you valet, you can also get your car detailed, um, but that's only available if you valet. So maybe there's something something there in the future. But just things to in, in, increase the, uh, uh, and maybe you could buy a parking spot in, in the future. So if you're a company, maybe buy a row of parking spots in the airport. And wow. they just so, have special ways wow. to get into that. It's amazing yeah. how creative you all are being in how to um, maybe not even solve problems that exist yet, but give people opportunities to try different programs or experiences at the airport to see what's going to work and what best fits the people who come in and out of your facility. And a lot of it relates to revenue diversification. And, you know, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, so... So we've talked about how people get prepared to come and what you do for that experience. And, and so what have you seen have been some of your successes recently in regards to your customer passenger experience? One of our biggest successes has been, um, I don't want to get too DC wonky for you guys, <laughs> but one of the outcomes of the 9-11 report was that Customs and Border Patrol should start collecting biometrics from everyone leaving the country. That was over a decade ago airports and airlines have have honestly been dragging their feet because nobody knew what the solution was. And everybody said, wow, the existing products on the market are like $200,000 a gate to figure out. And the government's been really good about working with people and, and extending deadlines because of the big financial burden. So our CEO said to us, I want to create something that can help our airline partners do this and do it cheaper and do it better. And we're going to be the first two airports in the country that fully comply with this and give it to our airline partners for free. So our internal IT team actually developed biometric technology that works with CBP, the Customs and Border Protections Traveler Verification Service. And they are now implementing this across both of our airports. Um, a really exciting development in this is actually last Saturday, JetBlue started using it as a one-step process. So now, instead of walking up to the boarding gate at JetBlue and handing them my passport and my boarding pass for their international flights, they take a picture of my face and I board the plane. So it's an amazing evolution of not only meeting a security mandate, but looking at how really cool technology can help enhance a passenger's experience from a problem that they may not even have known it existed, but boy, the airline did. And so our ability to give our airline partners something at the fraction of a cost of what they were going to have to pay otherwise is, is a big, a big win for us. And you did that internally? We did it all wow. in-house. Spectacular people yeah. working in your IT department. Our IT mm-hmm. team is the best. <laughs> Ours too. That is a really cool and sophisticated answer. I was going to say, we have really cool construction walls. So <laughs> yeah. Those are cool too. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, a billion-dollar construction project. We have construction everywhere. It's very invasive at times. And uh, from the beginning, we had a very conscious effort to build very nice construction walls, floor to ceiling, put nice wraps on them, and to whatever extent possible, make it look like there wasn't actually construction at the airport. When people see construction, they think it's really bad. So it impacts you in terms of ASQ scores, uh, in terms of aesthetics and things like that. So that's been, for the last four years, we've been building really nice construction walls. Which is unfortunate because as we've learned here, construction is happening at the majority of our airports Absolutely. And, you know, we're all growing and it's probably going to be this way for many years to come. But to the extent possible, we should all work really hard to, you know, hide some of the the most impactful elements of construction from our passengers, not let it change or alter their routine. Because road warriors, especially, 
uh, even leisure travelers, they, they don't want to be impacted. Another thing that we, we work closely with our operations team is making sure all of our signage is correct. When you're putting up new walls all the time, you need to change your signs, and getting that accurate is just critically important. So well, and that's it's a mundane thing. But. Well, but it's overseen. I mean, you go yeah. into a lot of places, and people overlook it all the time, and they don't change it out because it's going to be temporary, and why should I invest in that? But, yep. you know, airports have a philosophy, in my opinion, and I hope others, too, across the country, of airports have a philosophy of providing that customer with the best experience possible, and that's what we've talked about. It's just... A philosophy. If we didn't care about the passenger experience and you still had to go to A to B, you still would show up and it just wouldn't be as nice. So I think it's important that those extra details get taken when it comes to uh, preparing for us to host you. You wouldn't host people at your house without preparing. So that's kind of what we're doing for the people who come through our facilities. And Christina, you mentioned it's just so tough when we're trying to do that, when the majority of things at airports are out of our control. You know, so we're trying to host the party at our house. <laughs> When the majority of things we have, we have no control over. So it's tough sometimes. Yeah. You got to make really good friendships. Doing partnerships. Yeah. Good partnerships are a big thing. And something that Tampa does really well that we're trying to do well is the surprise and delight and how far that goes with passengers, how simple we did something for Father's Day called Donuts for Dads, where we just walked around. We got Dunkin' Donuts, who's one of our concessions partners, to donate free donuts. And we walked around and handed out donuts. And you would have thought we were giving people a million dollars. Tampa does an amazing thing on their inaugural flights with beautiful cakes and music. It's these little things that sometimes maybe if there's a dust wall or if there's a wayfinding sign that's off, that passengers are so quick to forgive you if you can give them something else to focus on. And it's those little things that usually don't cost very much money, and especially in the long run, that can really enhance the passenger experience. Yeah, recently for World Kindness Day, we walked uh, around our terminals and just handed out cookies and said, hey, it's World Kindness Day, and uh, here's some cookies from Tampa International Airport. And people just loved it. And there's no reason not to do things like that. It's just It's fun for you. It's rewarding for you personally. The airport benefits, your customers benefit. And it's in terms of uh, a monetary expense, it's very small. Mm -hmm. And then those people will share it and, Absolutely. and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We gave away water bottles for our, whenever we were promoting our water refilling stations and you would have thought we were, like you said, people giving love away. free swag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So where do you see the customer experience going now? I mean, we've talked about what we have done and how we start from the, the fact that we think about you before you even come to the airport, once you get there and how you move through, where do you see customer experiences growing into? It's a great question. Do you have a good I answer? <laughs> I don't I think technology yeah. as new generations of travelers come up and have income and travel more, whether it be for work or leisure. It's keeping pace with what their expectations are with technology, but at the same time, not forgetting your non-technologically savvy travelers. Our COO, who I adore, um, is very good at saying, well, that's great that that's your social media strategy, but what about grandma and grandpa who aren't on social media? And, and remembering that not all your travelers are going to be technologically savvy. So how do you really balance those two things, especially as technology plays a bigger role in our lives? I totally agree. Definitely technology is going to become more and more influential at the airport. I see, you know, we, as we keep talking about, you have all these different partners operating in one location. I see all these different services sort of merging into one place. Maybe it's your phone, something like that, where you go into the airport, you scan your phone in the parking garage to get something, maybe some service. You're using your phone to pay for services. Obviously, your um, 
your boarding pass and all, all related things sort of just merging and consolidating into one area. And that will be really cool. But then, like you said, what about grandma and grandpa? What are they going to do? You know, yeah. and I, th- I think it's having the people on hand to help them. Yeah, it's so we've service. seen, um, we've been really surprised with the biometrics that passengers who don't speak English passengers, because it's on international flights, passengers who maybe don't travel. If you spend the time to stand there and talk to them, which we make sure that the flights are using this, have extra gate staff to explain it. They're totally on board with doing something new and different. It might just mean an extra minute of staying there talking to them versus a 20 year old who's like, Oh, whatever. I have my picture. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or they don't even care. <laughs> or they don't even care. I, yeah. I think, uh, whatever the future direction is, I think airports across the country and across North America and into Canada, obviously, we're getting more customer service oriented. We are offering better amenities. We are more helpful than we've ever been before. And I think we're starting to get more personalized to those individual travelers. So I think that, you know, this sort of old and tired reputation that airports have as being not fun places to go and just very burdensome. I think that will go by the wayside and hopefully in the near future. We're trying to make that happen. Absolutely. Right. So both of you, for our listeners, hopefully they travel in and out of your airport, you know, sometime soon. What do you want them to know about your airport? I want them to know that Washington, D.C. can be a very polarizing place to visit. There's a lot of negative feelings, especially right now, about what happens in D.C., but we are a great business and leisure destination that has nothing to do with politics, and the folks at the airport want you to have the best experience possible, regardless of what might be going on in the White House and Capitol Hill. What do I want people to know about our airport? Um, We are really close to the beaches. We're really close to Disney World. We are really close to Busch Gardens and all these different wonderful leisure places. Just like uh, Christina said, we're a a fantastic business environment as well. Um, And we are one of America's favorite airports. Yes, you are. You are. Well, thank you all so much for for joining us on our podcast. We really appreciate it. All righty. Thank you for having us. Hopefully you all learned that a lot goes into the passenger experience. And as we mentioned, it it happens before you even set foot in our terminal buildings. It happens with the mobile apps and with the website and our social media. So a lot goes into planning your experience here at all of our terminals. And I thought it was interesting, the discussion about construction at the airport. We are going through the largest construction project at McGee Tyson that we've ever had with our runway project. They say that if an airport's not building, then it's not growing. So we all must be growing pretty well. And we're thankful for the passengers to help us make that happen. And and it's, it's just great for us to have all these mechanisms in place to help communicate information during construction. And no matter the size of the airport, a lot of those same venues or ways to communicate are the same. Yes, definitely. And it's interesting to see, too, that at Tampa and at Washington uh, National and Reagan, they're getting those requests for nursing stations and for water refilling stations and those service animal facilities. And, you know, here at Miggy Tyson, we're getting those requests, too. So it's interesting to see no matter the size of the airport and no matter where you're located, those passengers want what they want across the board. Yeah, and it makes us all uniform. And I think it helps people who haven't traveled a whole lot. Mm-hmm. If you've gone through one airport, while they may look different, a lot of the processes are the same. So that was a great discussion. So if you all want to learn more about um, the customer experience, if you want to see some pictures of these construction walls that Danny was talking about or um 
anything like that, we're going to post those to our show notes on fromtherunwayup.com. So if you want to learn more about Christina or Danny or any of the um, projects that they mentioned in this episode, be sure to check out fromtherunwayup.com. So switching gears, um, our next episode will be a little bit different. It's not so much about the human passenger experience, but we are actually talking to Zoo Knoxville about how they use the airport to transport their animals all around the world. And it's also the beginning of a new format for us. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of every episode, we'll be talking to people who use the airport for different purposes, as well as people who work here and demonstrate different skills or stories. And then at the end of the episode, bring it back home as to why it's important that the airport is involved in this process. For example, Zoo Knoxville transports animals all over the country, Mm -hmm. really all over the world, as part of a conservation effort and as ways of preserving some endangered species. Or they can have a discussion about veterinarians going over to, to help secure places because they're experts in certain areas. The only way they can do that is through an airport. So our little podcast is going to turn itself into something completely different, but we think you're going to enjoy it even more. Like Becky said, each episode we will have that tie to aviation and, and talk a little bit more and dive into what that means here at Mickey Tyson Airport. But we're really excited just to bring some stories to you and some behind the scenes look at how people use the airport, not just flying in and out on business or leisure, but like we said, our next episode is flying a tiger across the United States to the zoo. So tune in to see how that happens. Yeah, it's really interesting. (laughs) Yep. So thank you all so much for listening to our first episode of 2019. And we hope that you will tune in again to our next episode. 